Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Hello, Ellen. Shalom, Leontine. Shavua Tov. A good week to you. How was your week? Uh, good, good. Actually, uh, I hear some noise in the staircase. Guys, we're uh, in the apartment of Ellen, so as soon as there's some noise, I can see his doggies already getting up. And the dogs are excited. I'm looking across the street. I see the guys that are there every day working, <laughs> acting like they're working and doing something. They have a cement truck, I see. They're pouring cement today on the building that they're renovating, the old synagogue. But yes, you might hear some noise, but yes, uh, yes. bear with us. And, and the, the dogs will react now and then, but it's actually, I, I decided the noise and the dogs uh, barking is part of our podcast. Uh, so how was my week? My week was good. Um, I actually went uh, to the science museum. I hadn't been to this museum for many, 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 many years, but uh, I had my grandchildren come over uh, we're seven and ten, and uh, we decided to go to the zoo, but it was a day that it was pouring and pouring with rain, so in the end we went to the science museum. That is really, I totally forgot about what a great option that is when you are guiding uh, children. So um, this is something that really uh, I recommend to everybody. It's a bit of a, um, uh, when you go on a, on a holiday or, uh, you know, a day when the children are not in school, it is very, very, very busy. So uh, be, pre- be prepared, but you are also diving into Israeli society. It's super noisy. The children are all over the place. Uh, you, there are lots and lots of machines and things that it's like a hands-on museum, you call it? Uh, interactive museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You get to pull the levers <coughs> and push the buttons. And exactly. So the children get very, very excited. Um, so it's super, super busy. Uh, there are people walking around um, clearing up the mess because, you know, there's children and they're also eating and drinking and so on. I um, had a bag with lunch inside that fell on the ground. So I myself made the museum quite dirty, but they came to clean it right away. And it's really a lot of fun. So it's something that I really recommend for people coming with children. We already talked about recommendations. This is one we never mentioned, but the Science Museum is really amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, I've, I've, I've never been to the Science Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have wanted to go because I walk by it and you see it when you're at the Israel Museum. You can see the Science Museum and yeah. when you go to the Gavad Ram uh, Hebrew University campus. But I've never been there myself. But I, th- since you mentioned it, it reminded me what I did do last week, uh-huh. which is another kind of interactive uh, museum that I recommend. I know you've been there. Yeah. It's the uh, Perez uh, Center of Peace and Innovation. Ah, you went there. I did. 
I, I had a group and I had the opportunity to go there because I can never go go and get in. When I mm. when I have a private group, I can never get a reservation. No, no, no. Uh, I happen to have this group. We went and it's it's really phenomenal. I mean, yes. uh, I you know I've all, I've had people ask me when I'm guiding. They want to know uh, they, they they're into innovation and the startup nation and they want to see something that's uh, that that introduces that aspect of Israel mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think of places but I never thought of the Perez Center because I thought I didn't I didn't realize it was a center about uh, innovation s- innovation yeah. yeah so it was it was a special museum I enjoyed it and I I assume it's very similar to the Children's Science Museum uh, in the way that it's interactive yeah. and and uh, keeps people entertained. Yeah. Uh, so no, that was that was special for my week. So um, thanks for triggering that thought because I mm. forgot to, to even uh, right, right, mention right. that in our podcast. So, yeah, exactly. So we haven't been to the zoo, so that's something that we'll go to next time they come, um, which is also good because we, you know you always need new uh, things to uh, to do. So the subject of the week is a place called Kasser El Yahud. Kasser El Yahud uh, is. Um, uh, like I, I would call it a, a beach uh, in at the Jordan River. You'd call that a beach? A small beach, a yes. A muddy beach. A very muddy beach. So first of all, Kasser El Yahud, where is it? It is um, exactly uh, when you are um, in Jerusalem, you go east, uh, you get to the Jordan River, you come by Jericho, and then you continue a little bit, you arrive at the Jordan River, and there it is. Kasser el what does it mean? It means the castle of the Jew, of the Jews, or the Jew. Castle of the Jews. Castle Jew. of the Jews. Jews. Yes, yeah, so it's an Arabic name. Uh, many places in Israel have actually uh, Arabic names, or they were Arabic names that have been changed into Hebrew names. So you, you can still, if you search a little bit, you can still find the origin of the names in Arabic. So it was an, a place apparently important for Jews, which is why the Arabs called it, um, the Arab population called it the castle for the, of the Jews. And um, it is a very, very important place for uh, Christians. That's many of them want to go there because uh, three very important biblical events, um, according to tradition, took place there. Now, we always say according to tradition, because when we don't know for sure that a biblical event took place uh, on that very spot, we, can, we cannot tell eh, unless they f- we find a map from that period or a letter from that period that says, yes, this is where it happened. So in, and until you're not really sure, you, you're supposed to say according to tradition. So according to tradition, three biblical events took place there. And... Um, uh, let's uh, talk about them in a chronological way. So what is the first one? Uh? So, yes, because that's why it's called by the Arabs, mm-hmm. the Arab Muslims, the Arabic castle of the Jews is marking the location. The first event that took place there is the crossing of the Jews. The Israelites at the time coming mm-hmm. from the exodus of Egypt have to wander for 40 years in the desert and they come up along what is today Jordan through the Moabite mountains and they will cross the Jordan River into the promised land, the land mm-hmm. of Israel. Um, and many believe that's the location. It's certainly, you know, when we look for locations, we're looking for inscriptions, we're looking for footprints, we're looking for archaeology. We haven't found um, the science yet of where they actually crossed. But if you pull out the, the, the Old Testament, it says they, you know, they crossed. And where did they go right after they crossed? 
Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. Okay. So I and Jericho. Yeah, they fought the yeah. battle. Remember Joshua, who took over the leadership from, from Moses, crosses mm-hmm. the Jordan River with the 12 tribes. They go off to Jericho, which is on the other side of Highway 90, mm-hmm. and they fight the battle of Jericho. Remember, right. You know that song? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, 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 and the walls came tumbling down. So that was the first event, was the crossing of the Israelites back into the land promised to Abraham. Right, and a miracle happened there because like the Red Sea, the Jordan River split into two. The priests went there with the Ark of the Covenant then all the people crossed, and then eventually the priest uh, continued, and then the water uh, started to stream uh, as if nothing had happened. So it was also prefiguration, eh, you call which this. Is, it which, is which is hard to believe when you stand on the, as you call, the beach of the Jordan <laughs> River or the banks of the Jordan River right. to imagine this big river that's had to split because today you can, you can. Wade you over. can actually yeah. ju- jump across it. Yes. Now, there's one thing I was wondering, because if I remember well, it says also that they built uh, in the riverbed um, altar with 12 stones. I wondered if everybody ever, anybody ever went into the water to look, go into the water to look for the 12 stones, well, you think I think that? it's probably the stones are deep, deep, deep under all the mud. The mud. Of the muddy, yeah. uh, the, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm from Memphis. In Memphis, we have the Mississippi River that divides ah. east and west of the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. We call it the muddy Mississippi. Okay. It looks a lot like the muddy Jordan, only the Jordan is, is like a, stric- a trickle <laughs> of what the Mississippi exactly, River is. Exactly, exactly. So what was the second? So second the second event? one, so I always mix them up, but we uh, rehearsed. Uh, before um, the second event is um, the the passing over of the prophecy from Elijah to Elisha. Elijah, right? that's right. Elijah. <laughs> we say in Hebrew, Eliyahu, Eliyahu Hanavi. We sang about him a few weeks ago at Passover time. Yes. Uh, Elijah, the yes. prophet. Elijah and and the other one, El- Elisha. Yeah, Elijah's Elijah. He's you know he's all around uh, Israel and mm-hmm. he's doing prophecy doing things, and doing yes. his stuff. At the end of his life, he crosses over uh, in the reverse direction that the Israelites came. Yeah. He's in now a, crossing to the other side in a golden chariot. Uh, in a no? golden chariot. Yes. He, he ascends to heaven in a golden chariot, a, a chariot of fire. Ah, a chariot of fire. Not chari- golden. Chariot yes. of fire. And That's he leaves. Story. He yeah. leaves his his coat, his cloak. Right. Down, he hands it down to, to his Alicia. successor, mm-hmm. Elisha. 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 Elisha and Elijah, it's, it's very confusing. Yes. Who's, which one's which? But Elijah sure. uh, was first and then came Elisha. Because then Elisha gets the cloak and he crosses over road nine. Did I say? Yeah, road 90. I said yeah. road 90 earlier, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crosses over road 90 to mm-hmm. Jericho. Jericho, yes. And he goes and sweetens the salty water in, in uh, Jericho. Uh, right. Kind of like taking over, showing off. Exactly. His new, his magic, newfound exactly. uh, fame. Because they were prophets, but they were a kind of magicians. I, I mean, healers. They were I really. You call them magicians. You're going to no. upset oh. all of our sorry religious uh, <laughs> no, Jews, no, Christians, uh, and Muslims. But they, they did well. Anyway, they did some very, very special things. So that's the second event, and then the third is very, very important for uh, Christians, uh, not so much for Jewish uh, people, but that is the baptism of Jesus. So uh, John the Baptist, who before he was beheaded by uh, Herod Antipas, or in order of uh, Herod Antipas, he will take his um, uh, cousin uh, uh, Jesus to the the Jordan River. I don't think he takes him. I think Jesus came down. 
Yeah. Because John the Baptist Ade was mitz, in the yes. Judea. Yes. John the Baptist was already there. He yes. was hanging out in the Judean desert. Right. Exactly. Uh, and Maybe then, in Qumran. And baptizing. Yes. Perhaps. Yeah. Qumran. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus was up in the Galilee around the Canaret, the Sea of Galilee. It's true. And, and he went down, down, down yeah. to the Jordan River. Right. And there he is being baptized, baptized by uh, John the Baptist. Uh, by, uh, so, so very, very important event. There is another place in Israel where uh, you can go to and be remembered by the baptism of Jesus. But um, it That's seems... Yardanit. Yardanit, but it That's seems more logic. Yeah. Right, it seems more logic that it happened there. And of course, if you talk about prefiguration, all the biblical events that all have to do with each other, it's, it's also... Uh, interesting to have it taken place there. Yeah, well you, again, yeah. you, t you take out the New Testament, mm -hmm. just like you took out the Old Testament to, to figure out where the crossing was for the Israelites. Right, like an atlas. You, you take yeah. it out, uh, the New Testament, and it says, okay, uh, John the Baptist was in the wilderness, mm -hmm. which is the Judean desert, which is way south of the Sea of Galilee. And it says that Jesus, who's up in the area of the Sea of Galilee, goes down. He goes south. He heads yeah. south to the area of John the Baptist to the wilderness to mm -hmm. the Jordan River and after he's baptized you know he's baptized and that's the one place where at that Kaiser Yehud at that Jordan River that you can say that Jesus the Father Jesus the Son and Jesus the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit were all together at one time because yeah. uh, Jesus uh, God says this is my son with whom I'm well pleased that could happen there but where does he go immediately after the baptism, Jericho, he crosses over road 90 mm -hmm. over to Jericho. And then he's tempted for 40 nights exactly. and 40 days in the Judean, uh, in the Judean desert. Yeah. Just like, uh, uh, Eli, was it Elijah or Elisha who was also tempted, uh, who was also hidden? No, he was hiding. So that's Elisha. He was hiding in the, in the grottos, in the caves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Kaifa and the Carmel. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's all anyway. So, um, so going back to Kasser El Yahud. So all this took place, uh, there. Um, and, uh, so that there, the Israel, uh, on uh, the side of the Jordan in Israel, they have uh, created this very beautiful uh, area with um, a lookouting uh, lookout point with with a kind of a beach, you could say. Um, you keep calling it a beach. <laughs> I do, how do the, you you? It's a bank. It's, it's the a side. Bank, I mean, a river it's, bank. It, yeah, there's river no bank. sand. There's no place to put your towels out and sunbathe. That's true. That's true. It's not a beach. That's true, but you can go into the water if you want. You can even be baptized, baptized there. Baptized, yes. yes. If you want, they sell uh, these um, uh, white uh, dresses uh, for people that want to be baptized in a special white dress that we always say, watch out. They become totally transparent when they are wet. Yeah, these so white gowns, yes. once they get wet, you can see everything. everything. And you know, there's some things once you see, you can't unsee. <laughs> so we tell people to wear something underneath. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. And now you could tell... Uh, I, I'm, I never guide Orthodox. Do you ever guide uh, no. Orthodox uh, Christians? Once or twice, but never there. So the Russian Orthodox <clears throat> and many of the Orthodox uh, women and men that come, they don't believe in anything between them and the water. So they put the, the <laughs> you could tell them all day long, I think, to wear a bra, wear underpanties, wear whatever it is to make sure that you're not uh, uh, completely mm -hmm. exposed. Mm -hmm. But I think that it must be their tradition to be exposed because every time I go, you've got these Russian Orthodox. Ah. Um, and okay. like I said, you, you can't. You can't unsee certain things. Okay. I hope they're good looking for you. I, yeah, I've never no, seen actually a 
or maybe I, I forgot about it. I put it away. So, um, and what I really, really, what me, I like most there is that you are actually standing opposite Jordan, um, uh, which is just a few meters uh, on the other side, uh, maybe eight meters on the other side. <laughs> That's being gracious. That's being yeah. gen uh, generous. I think Five, it's less. six, yeah, maybe. It's not yeah. very far. So, and, there, and they also created, not a beach, uh, <laughs> a place um, where Christians can go and commemorate exactly the same thing. And so um, it's so close by that you can actually talk to each other. So, and it, it happens, it has happened to me in the past that I went with a Dutch group and that on the other side was also a Dutch group. And they, we started, ah, where are you from? And blah, blah, blah. And then they sang together because they were all Christians from the same kind of church. And they all sang together and it, it became a very beautiful uh, gathering. And uh, as it is really the border between Jordan and uh, Israel, both sides have soldiers there. But um, I always feel, at least in Israel, that the soldiers they are there to make the pictures look better because there are always girls. I've never seen uh, boys uh, there. You know, I always said they were girls, and the last time I went, ah, there, was a boy, there were actually two boys instead uh, of girls, but usually they're women. Yeah. And they love to take pictures with yes. the tourists, so it's yes. uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Exactly. For, for so um, yeah, so you have, and then you have two soldiers standing on the Jordanian side. The ones on the Jordanian side look a little bit more serious always, but that's maybe because we we cannot really talk to them. Um, and uh, and it's it's a very special place. You're in the desert. You're very close to Jerusalem. You're at the river, the Jordan. Uh, you have the reeds, and I mean, it's it's a very, very special place. And then on the way, going there, you have a few abandoned and not abandoned monasteries, because, of course, throughout the centuries, many um, um, monks and nuns wanted to live there, very close to the place where it all happened. And so, um, and you have also some uh, parts where it says that you are not allowed in to go into the fields, because there might be mines still there. So it's a very um, yeah. special place, a place that you won't forget. Yeah, you're also, and you're yeah. also in the fields of the date palms. You drive through yes. the ba date palm, yeah. or, do you call them orchards or uh, date palm orchards? I think so, yeah. That's yeah. not what I call them. Yeah. So you drive past the date, yeah. you talk about the dates and, and the oasis, land of milk uh, and honey. And yes. It's become, it really has become, it, it already was one of my favorite places to take people because mm. Even though it's a very Christian site because of all the baptism that's happening in the River Jordan, it's very significant for uh, yeah. Jews, Christians, and Muslims. And I have an opportunity to take all three there and tell all the stories that we talked about, the mm -hmm. three biblical stories that happened, the, the, ge uh, the geopolitical situation with Jordan and the border with, uh, with, with Jordan. Uh, talk, you can talk about the wars there, the, mm -hmm. the, the 48 and 67 wars. It's, it's really a wonderful uh, place um, to take our visitors, um, just in, in all respects. I'm, I'm kind of getting, <coughs> it's because it's getting more and more crowded. It's getting more and more discovered as, mm. as the site to go to instead also of it's free. the need. And it's free. And <laughs> they're now reconstructing and building a new visitor center. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to turn into a shopping mall. And uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's not going to be as, uh, as kind of rustic as it once was and uh -huh. kind of cool to kind of sneak yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 up there with uh, one of my top ten yeah. places of my top. No, 100. no, it's it's a it's a very special place, and uh, it is true that the Jordan River looks dirty. I'm, I'm I don't know if it is not dirty, really muddy. It, it looks yeah, but people feel when when the water is not crystal clear. 
people feel think it's it's dirty, but it's actually the mud, the sand. Um, my guess is that you you can that they test the water there all the time and that you can actually go into the water without any danger. Of course, don't don't drink it. But uh, I always like to tell a little story. When I was a little, little girl, like four years old, my parents would always take us in the weekend, in the summer, to uh, a river to swim. And this river was actually um, uh, 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 an arm, you say, of the, like, a side river of the Rhine. Like a tributary, yeah. would you call no, it? No, it came from a big river. Okay. It was called the Rhine. The Rhine is the biggest uh, European river that uh, was for uh, many, many, many dozens of years the most polluted river in Europe. And I swam in it for many years and I drank a lot of water from it because I was little and I, what did I know? I liked the taste, so I would drink it. I sometimes irradi irradiate during the night. I'm you glow. <laughs> yeah, glow. <laughs> but uh, so far, so good. Uh, and that was really, this was in the 60s. So, of course, in those days, no control. And so it was super, super, super polluted. So I'm pretty sure you can dip into the Jordan River. It looks muddy, but it's it's all fine. So, um, if you say so. Kasser Eliahut, yes. So uh, we do have a question this week from Joel, who lives in Minneapolis. Um, Minneapolis, it's in the center of our north center of the United States? Uh, it's, uh, it's actually on the Mississippi River, which oh. is north of uh, Memphis, at the northern border ah, so it's uh, with Canada. So it's ah, way it north, north okay. kind of uh, the heartland of America. Ah, okay. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, so he is asking uh, the following question. Do you tip? Is there tipping in Israel? Okay, tipping, he's not talking about tipping cows like we used to do in the, in the South, uh, but he's talking about tipping. Do you, do you give uh, gratuity? Do you give uh, some money? Tip, for it, pour of, boire. Yes. yes. So that's a great question um, and one that I, we, we answer all the time. Every mm -hmm. time somebody gets off the plane or arrives in Israel, they want to know, do, uh, do we tip? Should mm -hmm. we tip? Um, and Americans in particular are, have a custom of tipping in the U.S. Um, uh, in Europe, not so no, much. No, everything is included in Europe. Yeah. But, but you should know that in Israel, tipping is customary. For um, sure. It is, uh, people do expect tips in Israel. And then you have to decide, well, how much? Um, so first of all, you have the service and you have different service industries. The first service industry would be the hotels, uh, and um, there is tipping of the, the, the concierge, the people that handle your baggage, um, um, the restaurants, the dining rooms, so you do tip. Um, and then there's also tipping um, when you, uh, when you um, go to restaurants, okay? The, the wait staff, the wait service. When it's a sit-down restaurant, mm -hmm. you tip. Um, I tell people that a good rule of thumb for, and, and I'm speaking to Americans, but sometimes I might say the same thing to Europeans, because Europeans are just used to a flat 10%. Okay, they say, okay, 10% yeah. is what you should do. That's not enough. Uh, but in America, who uh, Americans are now tipping 20 to 25% for um, service staff uh, wow. in restaurants. So I tell Americans that a 15% tip uh, in Israel is, a, is a, a, an acceptable, uh, very appreciated um, amount to tip. And that's my recommendation for, um, and then of course, um, when you have a bus driver or a driver uh, and a tour guide, it's also uh, customary to, to give a tip under certain circumstances. Um, 
the only one that you don't tip in Israel is the taxi. The taxis. Yeah. Okay. The taxi drivers are not expecting um, you to tip them. Uh, it, I'm not telling you not to tip. Okay. Because it's always nice if you, yeah. if you feel, if you appreciate service and you want to give a tip, then, yeah. then you should. That's my philosophy. Um, but, uh, the, but it's not expected for taxis, uh, unless they come and go up into your apartment and carry things down and help you with luggage, um, and go above and beyond just driving the taxi. So that's my, that's, that's what I tell people. Yeah. What, do, what do you, what do you think? I say, I, well, I, I, I guide less Americans. So, uh, Europeans, when they ask me the question, I always tell them everybody loves tip. So do tip. Um, uh, I do say 15%, but I can see in the eyes of uh, Dutch and French uh, and German. Germans are a bit better, maybe, but with the Dutch, oh, 15%, that's a lot. So, but uh, it's, of course, there's no obligation, but uh, in restaurants, yes, for sure. The drivers always, I say also, you, you always, always have to uh, tip them. Um, so, yes, you in Israel, we tip. That's, that's it. So there you go, Joel. Yeah, so thank you, Joel, and thank you, listeners. Um, shall we do this again next week? I hope so. You know, we finished our, our first year. Let's, yes. keep, let's go for another year. Okay, so see you next week. Right, bye. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.